Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. No matter how dark or hard it may seem, how long something's been in a bad way, victory's possible. God's a God of miracles. Hallelujah. And things can change so quickly if we just uh, reach out to Him, lay hold of Him. You got to stop despairing, and faith is not a beggar. Religion teaches you to beg. Oh, please God, please God, please God. And then question, well, I've been begging for three years. Why won't God do anything? Begging isn't faith. The Lord has told us that we should respond and reach out in faith. Faith is confident. Faith is sure. Faith is a receiver. And you might say, well, I, you know, I don't feel like that. How can I get like that? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> faith and confidence comes from hearing what he said. When we're talking about faith, uh, we're not just talking about believe <laughs> with this mysterious aura. You know, some even uh, uh, Christmas shows and other kind of fantasy type shows, people say, oh, you just have to believe. You just, you just have to believe. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about faith in God, Amen. not just believe. Faith in God is not based on nothing. Faith in God is not just belief. Faith in God is based on what God told us. Then we are confident in His will of what He told us was His will. We're confident that if we do what He told us to do, then He's going to do what He said He would do. Very specific. Uh, faith is set on a solid foundation. Thus saith the Lord, <laughs> the anointed word. So get your Bible <laughs> and get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom. Believe with us today to get the very thing that will dispel confusion, that will get rid of the wavering and settle your spirit into a confident trust in the person, the living God. Father, we thank you and all of us agree together as touching this. We are asking you for the anointing, for the utterance, for the ears and eyes that can see and hear and receive answers for today. And we'll give you the praise and the credit and glory for every good thing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look again, please, in the scriptures. In Mark, the eighth chapter, we're continuing in our study of faith for healing, looking one by one at the 20 individual accounts of healing recorded in 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're down now to number 12 in our study, the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida. This begins in Mark 8, 22. He comes, Jesus comes to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man to him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. We got to this on yesterday's class and we were talking about, you know, endeavoring to understand why he would do that. We know that Jesus said he didn't do anything except what he heard the Father say and saw the Father do. So Jesus is led by the Spirit all the time. He's not doing things on a whim or just because people suggested it. Uh, so we know the Spirit of God led him to do this. Why? Why would it be needful? Why would it be desirable to take the man by the hand, walk away from his friends and everybody else, and keep going past the first or second block, keep going, keep going on down the street, keep going until you are completely out of town. Why would he wait till he got out of the town to minister to him? What's wrong with the town? <laughs> now, we, we looked back up again with me to Mark 6, and we begin to see revelation as to why this would be. Mark 6 verse 2 says, The Sabbath day came, and, and Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, and many were astonished. And this was in a, not in a good way. They said, Where did he get these things from? What, uh, this wisdom that's given to him, that such mighty works are done by his hands. Is not this the carpenter? I mean, who is he saying he's anointed? He's a carpenter. Who's he saying? He, he can minister healing and deliverance. He's a carpenter. And uh, they said, we know his, his mother. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. And they were offended at him. Now, offend has to do with... Uh, being irritated by him, annoyed by him, and looking at him disrespectfully, de devaluing him. They were looking down, and you can hear that in the language, can't you? He's a carpenter, right? Who's he saying he's anointed? And this is obviously the influence of the enemy, the devil himself who is the demeanor, the devaluer. The enemy is always doing his best to run down, to despise, demean, devalue God's precious holy things. And that's not just because he's a nasty, bad person. It's for a result. Because if you value and esteem the things of God, you will get results <laughs> from the things of God. And the enemy knows that. If you value and esteem and treasure and feed on God's healing word, it'll heal you. 
I said, it'll heal you. If you go, oh, I don't believe in all that, you know, that stuff won't help you. Well, it won't help you. You won't get anything out of it. Jesus talked about that. He said, take heed how you hear. For with the measure that you meet to it, it'll be measured to you again. What does that mean, the measure? The degree of respect, the degree of reverence, the degree of attentiveness, the the measure of value that you give to it will determine what you get from it. Can you see this class in the scriptures? Well, see, what are they doing? Who's standing in front of them? The best preacher they have ever heard. Is that right? The best preacher they will ever hear. The most accurate teacher, right? The most anointed of revelation that they will ever hear. And what are they going? Oh, he's just a carpenter. He's just a carpenter. What, who is he think he is? It's not who he thinks he is, it's who he knows he is. <laughs> who the Father said he is. And You're the one that's clueless, right? You're the one that's acting absolutely idiotic. That weren't they? I mean, to be in the presence of such greatness, of such power. How many believe every one of them there that day could have been healed? Every one of them could have been delivered. Every one of them could have been set free from any bondage, any, any hindrance, any problem. Every one of them could have been in, before the service was over, could have been in the best shape they had ever imagined they could be in, in their life. If, if they'd have just shown some respect. If they'd have just shown some respect. If they had just been open to learning. Huh? Even if they had just sat back and go, well, yeah, I know him and I know his sisters and brothers, but you know, God has to use somebody somewhere, right? Sometime. And there ha- we have heard about some things happening, you know. Maybe there's something here. If you, if you could have just been open, then the Lord could have got you from there a little further. Can you see a little further? But they shut him down. They shut him down. They were offended at him. They were put out with him. They didn't like it. They didn't like him saying it. They thought he was, you know, for a a colloquial phrase, he's too big for his britches. He's claiming grandiose things about himself and he's just a common carpenter. We all know that. You don't know who you're talking to, buddy. We know who you are. We know where you live. We know where you come from. Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, in his own house. You know, you have to watch that. All of us have to watch that because you can be in awe of somebody on a platform or on a TV screen or whatever, you know, that's anointed and has revelation and God's using, and, and, but you don't know them. <laughs> you don't know them at all after the flesh. And then you might have somebody in your own household or a friend or uh, somebody that you know in your community that has similar gifting and gracing, but you're not noticing that because you know them after the flesh. And you know any, you know, 
idiosyncrasies or you know development that they're making in this area or that uh, we should believe God to open our eyes to help us to see what he sees do you want to pray that right now say it out loud Father God open my eyes and my heart and my mind to see in those about me those close to me and those around me to see what you see, the treasures, the gifts, the anointings, the graces, and not judge after the flesh, but judge rightly as you see. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, the more carnal people are, the more natural they are, the more they focus on the natural. And that's all they see. But spiritual people see past the flesh and see spiritual things. Right? Don't you want to be spiritual? Spiritual people see, and you know, some of the greatest things that people have done for me, I know uh, my father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, did this for me and, and some other individuals. I know... Uh, Brother Ed Dufresne, who's gone to heaven now, he did this for me. And, and Brother Kenneth Copeland and a couple of others. There are different times in my life where they saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. And they, they told me I could do things that I hadn't thought I could do. And actually called on me to do it. You know, come do this. And you're thinking, huh? Why? <laughs> come do this. And... Um, <laughs> And I remember, especially in the earliest days of my ministry, uh, I know Brother uh, Ed Dufresne. I was at a meeting of his, and I didn't know him very well. He's a wonderful brother, and he he, he said, uh, "Keith, come up here and and do this, and give us a song in the spirit, and this and that." And I thought, "Huh?" I mean, I just I just started at Bible school, you know, last week, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just a spectator. I mean, I just came here to to listen. He said, no, no, come on, come on, come on. I thought, Lord. So, you know, I started to say, you know, I, I can't, I can't. But the Spirit of God prompted me, well, check, at least check, check. So I checked my heart and I thought, well, <laughs> maybe there's something. And one little step led to another, led to another. And we did this and then this happened. And then, but somebody seeing something in you that you hadn't seen or acknowledged. It's the kind of thing, you can have something in you, but it's been with you maybe all your life, and you can take it for granted. Uh, graces are things that God has put in us. And they are abilities. Some people call them talents. Some people call them gifts. Some you're born with. Others are added when you're born again. Others are added when you're filled with the Spirit. Others can be added at different places along your, your, your life. But you should not mistake that, that um, it's just you. It's something God put in you. You didn't give it to yourself. And you want to acknowledge it. Uh, you don't want to uh, disrespect it and go, oh, that's just me, you know. Yeah, I can do that some, but that's, that's nothing. Hey, if it's something God put in you, don't call it nothing. Show it some respect, right? 
yield to it, give place to it, treat it uh, honorably. You know, Paul said this by the Spirit, I magnify my office. Did you hear that? I magnify my office. And we're told not to compare with other people. How many understand it's foolish to compare a dump truck to a Corvette? <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody say, well, that Corvette's no good. You can't haul any dirt in that thing at all. I mean, you just put a few shovelfuls and you're done. <laughs> yeah, but the dump truck won't run 200 miles an hour either and take curves and scare people. No, each one has its function in place. How many understand the Corvette should never try to be a dump truck? Right? Be what you are. The dump truck should never try to be a Corvette. Right? Be what you are. Do what you can do and, and magnify that and glorify that. And that's not you glorifying yourself because you didn't call yourself. You didn't grace yourself. Any giftings or anointings in you, you didn't give them to yourself. You didn't put them in yourself. So Jesus, obviously, at this point, he's the son of God. He never stopped being the son of God. And now the anointing has come on him. Without measure, the scripture said. I mean, Jesus is, op is operating as a man, but at this point, he is the entire body of Christ. <laughs> Anybody know what I mean by that? Today, he's the head. All of us are the body. So the anointings and gifts and graces are distributed throughout the body. First Corinthians talks about to one this, to another this. But Jesus, at this point, he is the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher and the shepherd. He's got all the gifts of the Spirit operating in him except for tongues and interpretation, which is distinctive of our time. But all of this is there. He stands up and, and, and doesn't just do something off the top of his head. He reads the scripture that describes the situation perfectly and then he announces it's coming to pass. And they all looked at him and it made them mad. It irritated them. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, if you ever just really see and know about Jesus for who he really is and God, you'd love him. I wish that were true. But it's not. There's a lot of people who have heard and seen him clearly and hated him. Hmm? Don't you remember Jesus talked about that? He said, you have both seen and hated both me and my Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so you wish it were true that if people really saw and heard him and knew it was him, that they'd love him and embrace him. But here you see an example of what happens when people don't. And, he said, and Jesus quoted another scripture. He said, well, you know, a prophet's not without honor, except basically at home. And he's uh, people that know him. In other words, he went to other places and people thought he was something special. <laughs> and they saw miracles. But here on this day, verse 5, notice it again. Everybody read it out loud. And he could there do no mighty work. Said he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. But the implication is no blind people, no deaf people, no lame people, no 
oppressed people got delivered. They were, the implication is it was smaller things and just a few of those. Was the ministry of Jesus affected by unbelief of the area? Was it limited? Was it restricted? It said, the very next verse says, He marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching. So now we see why it mentions, it mentioned in chapter 7, Tyre and Zidon and that area. And now, why did he take the man's hand and lead him out of Bethsaida? Go back over to Matthew, please, the 11th chapter. Matthew 11 and 20. And you'll see something that goes hand in hand with this. And, and when you start hearing and noticing this, you start recognizing in numerous places in the scripture this spiritual environment effect. You hear sometimes people talk about corporate faith. What does that mean? Well, uh, I've been in meetings before where the faith of the, the group that was there just rises. <laughs> and oh man, this is an environment <laughs> where you can have miracles, where things can happen so quickly and easily. But the same thing is true on the other side of this. There is corporate unbelief. Corporate unbelief. Corporate disrespect. What do you mean corporate? A group. Group unbelief. And there are spirits that hang out in different parts of the country and places. And they, the reason they hang out there is because they've trained people to yield to them. And, and, some, and oftentimes for generation after generation, they've trained people. And that's why there's a mindset in that area. And that is why that mindset continues from generation to generation to generation. And I'm talking about bad things. And uh, in Matthew 11 and verse uh, 20, Jesus began to upbraid the cities where most of his mighty works were done. This is Matthew 11:20. 20. Now, this ties into, you see, we just read through Mark 6. He could there in his own hometown do no mighty works. But there were other places that they did see some things. But here now, he's, he's giving them some, some reproof. He said, uh, because they repented not, the proper response to experiencing the power of God and seeing and hearing miracles is repentance. Everybody say repentance. How many understand if you, you saw and heard a miracle of God and you weren't saved, what would happen in your heart? You'd be moved, wouldn't you? you? You'd be moved. What should you do? Just go back to life as usual or should you get saved? You should get saved. If you're away from God, it, it, would, it would make you aware of that you're away from God and you should come back to God. If you got things in your life you shouldn't have, you'd be convicted about it. And uh, The proper response to experiencing miracles and manifestations of the power of God is repentance. Now repentance 
means change, heart change. And heart change is followed by life change. Can you see that? Repentance, change. He said, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, where? Have we heard about Bethsaida before? Huh? Bethsaida is our account we're talking about right now. Bethsaida is the town that Jesus took the man's hand, is that right? And led him all the way out of town before he would minister to him. And here we begin to see why. Why? Chorazin, Bethsaida, if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Zidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So we see two big things here. We see in his own hometown, they didn't receive him to start with. They, they were offended at him. They were irritated and annoyed with him and disrespected him. And they severely restricted his ministry. Now here's another place where Jesus, by the mercy and goodness of God, grace of God, great things happened. Mighty works happened. And yet the people didn't respond well to it. They didn't appreciate it after they saw it. Can you see? They didn't appreciate it in hometown, never even got it. Over here, they saw and heard some things, but afterwards they didn't respond right. There, there are numerous variables because of us. <laughs> Can you see that? It's not just all up to God. And so he said, if the kind of things that had happened in your town here, Bethsaida, if they had been done in Tyre and Zidon, and they were known for being ungodly and wicked, they had repented, he said, a long time ago. Sackcloth and ashes, serious repentance. But I say to you, it'll be more tolerable for them at the day of judgment than for you. He goes on, and Capernaum. And see, we saw that in one of our previous studies. That's why he mentions where the people were at. You'll be brought down to hell, but if the mighty works that had been done in you had been done in Sodom, it'd still be here. Sodom and Gomorrah would still be here if they had seen the move of God in their town that you've seen. Isn't that something? But I say to you, it'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. People have left the impression that the Lord Jesus just went, he went wherever he wanted to, did where he, whatever he wanted to, just showed people who he was and what he could do, and that's not true. That's not true. His ministry was affected by corporate faith or corporate unbelief. Do you think it's still that way today? Yes, Said out loud, Lord, Lord we believe in you. We trust you. We respect you. And everything you say. And we say, move in our midst by your Holy Spirit. We receive you and show us how to respond to you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, in faith school, you should find some faith. Don't you think? How many want the Lord to find it easy to minister with us? And our time's up again today. 
But we'll see you again soon. Come back. We're not done, as you can see with this. Come back tomorrow for some more Faith in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.